Hi and welcome to Mark's Motivational Podcast for another Autist Tuesday. Um, great to great to be back again. And today I'm delighted to be joined by another great guest. We finally got to do this because it's been um a challenge over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but um, I'm delighted to welcome along um published author Caroline Copland. Copland. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> I'll, I'll, fix okay. that I'll fix that in the other. <laughs> but uh, no, thanks a lot for joining me today. You're you're very good. Great meeting you. Good to meet you too, Mark. At yeah, last, exactly. we got there. Yeah, exactly. So, um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Carolyn, just to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and the books you published would be absolutely a great start. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I published my first book back in 2013, which was nearly ten, almost ten years ago now. Um, and then my second book, uh, very soon after that in 2015, and um. They are both uh, contemporary fiction-historical fiction novels. The first one is called Summer Triangle, and the second one is called Scarred. And uh, my third novel is uh, Mosaic, which just came out before Christmas in 2022, um, last year. And uh, that is um, set between Spain and Ireland, because I spend a, a lot of my writing time in Spain too. Although I am from Dublin, so half between between both, so all three novels are a series of um, dealing with the same characters, but they are all standalone novels as well. So um, they they follow one particular character, Sean O'Moran, through from present time, and then is about her grandmother, her mother, sorry, and the third one is about her grandmother, and the third one, which is just. Um, recent is uh, set between Spain during Franco's time and uh, how that affected the Spanish people there uh, mostly around Malaga and how some of them had to emigrate um, as uh, during during the war during that time and my main character ends up in Ireland and that follows her her uh, journey there so they're they're my my three books I'm writing a book at the moment which um, is set between India and the UK called Pearl. Um, it's a story of my mother-in-law, um, fictional uh, story about a story that she told me um, back for, from her time back in the 1930s, living in Darjeeling and Calcutta in, in India. So it was a story that I just felt needed to be retold and got me to go to India as well, which I've been threatening for a long, long time. So yeah that sounds really interesting like you know i'd say you have to do a lot of um research when you're making um writing these books yeah um well the the third book particularly because it was set in the south of spain and it was set um historically uh during franco's reign of spain mm. and i was very lucky that the local library um where i was staying in Benalmadena, um, the librarians there were very kind and very good at helping me with research and managed to uh, track down some books that were written in English. And they got a number of people to um, for me to interview, some of whom were around at that time, some very, very elderly, and others whose parents are were, were alive back then and who had told them their story. So one particular story was uh, a man who was telling me about his father who was in prison in Madrid. He was from Malaga, but he was in prison for 28 years under um, Franco's, Franco's reign. 
and pretty harrowing stories. So a lot of my um, central character, Enrico, is centered around this man. So yeah, research is very important. Yeah, definitely. No, that sounds amazing. And um, would you have your books there to show people that are on YouTube? Do you have a copy of them there, please? Sorry, I forgot. Garden. Um, that's like a conservatory built away from the house, and uh, I've just renovated it. So all my bits and pieces are sort of scattered. So this is a Summer Triangle. That was the first um, novel. One of the, one of the most um, interesting uh, pieces of research I did for this novel was I wanted one of my um, characters ends up uh, being arrested and put in a cell. And I wanted to be able to describe that and how, you know, how it felt to be put in a cell when it was something so alien to your way of life. And she was an 18 year old um, at the time. And uh, so I went down to Dundrum uh, Garda station and I asked them, I explained what I was doing and what I was writing and said, could I be uh, locked in a cell for half an hour um, just uh, so I could experience what that was like as part of my research. But I managed 20 minutes before I was banging on the door yeah, <laughs> asking yeah. to be left. But it did help. You know, that, yeah. that kind of research certainly did help with um mm -hmm. with that. So the, the first book is set in the Middle East. It's set between Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, and England and Ireland. So um it kind of travels around a little bit. And um there is a terrorist aspect to all three novels, but um it is not the most important theme in the in the novel so the second novel as i said was scarred oh, yeah. and this novel is set um during in the in the 90s the early 90s most mm. of the novel is set in ireland and um one of the characters gets involved becomes involved in ira activities and it deals with what happens to to him and uh, it involves politicians as well, which are maybe or maybe not a little bit corrupt. Mm. So the third novel is Mosaic, as I said. Yeah. And uh, it's um, set in the 1940s to the present time. So it goes back in time um, with the main character being the um, uh, Sonia and Enrico, the two main characters. So they are split up in, in the 1940s. One has to um, leave Spain and go to live in Ireland and one is jailed in uh, in Spain. So it goes through their story about getting together again or maybe not, or, you know, to get them together, um, really they have to, in order for them to do that, they would have to do something really bad to um, to make that happen. So sort of the the novel explores whether that's uh, something they should or shouldn't do. So they're my my three books. Great um, job! They're really good. I love I, the the covers are really good as well. Did you did you uh, work on the art yourself, or did you get somebody to do that, Carolyn? Well, it's interesting. The first two covers, I didn't really. I don't think I understood the importance of pushing for the best cover um, early on in in my writing, but certainly for this one. Uh, the cover designer had sent me a series of covers which I didn't like okay. and my daughter is 20 and she was um, she's an art student in IADT okay. so she I had had her have a look at them 
And she said, no, mom, because it, it doesn't reflect your book in any way. It doesn't shout at me. It doesn't make any um, announcement of, of any sort. So she designed this cover for me um, in, in the best way. She doesn't have, she didn't have the um, equipment that she needed to create a cover design, but okay. she designed the cover. She even has, because it's called mosaic, you can't really see it probably on this, but it's like a mosaic kind of uh, on the spine because she was talking about the shelf you know that it would be on a shelf and that you have to make the the spine stand out as well and all the the different aspects of the cover are in the story in some way so she was able to to do that so much so that um the publisher loved her design and got the cover designer to cre recreate Aoife's design on the cover That's great. and he he enjoyed working with her so much that he's actually working with her um on an ongoing basis now, which is absolutely brilliant because she's only 20, but uh, herself and this publisher are working together with um, book designs and she's doing a lot of his graphic design for him now. So, so yeah, I realise now the, the absolute importance of the cover of the book. Yeah, I know it's really good, really, really good. Yeah, and that's that's an amazing story that like your daughter got to, <laughs> to happen for your daughter out that as well. So that's, that's a win-win yeah. really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. yeah. That, that's absolutely amazing you know thanks a lot for sharing them and I, like i love the fact that you've created a character to go through all these events um, i mean reading yeah i enjoyed i enjoy doing that as i say it's it's a character shona moran the second one is about her mother and the third one is about her grandmother but shona goes through all three um and each one you can just pick up the middle book and read it as a standalone um, there was a very long gap as well between the second book and the third book because a couple of months after I launched the second book, I um, had a very bad accident. Oh so I've spent the last eight years um, having numerous operations on my spine. And uh, so I'm on a, use a stick and a mobility scooter. And um, I wasn't able, I'm originally a primary school teacher, but I wasn't able to go back to work and I wasn't able to sit down and write a book. So um, that's why it took so long to get to go back a couple of years ago and set to, sit down and say, right, I'm writing that third book and get Mosaic out there. So it was a, a, kind, a bigger achievement the third time around, I think, than the first two to, to get the third book out. But during the time, um, what I, that's how I started working on the Carousel Aware Prize for independent authors. Mm. So I wanted something that I could do um, that I... Uh, while I wasn't working, writing, um, that I could do basically sitting down while I from the award go to the charity aware, mental health charity. Brilliant! Wow. So um, you know, so we we uh have all different categories: the fiction, nonfiction, anthologies, etc. And all the committee. There's about eight members on the committee, and they all work for nothing because it's for a charity. And also the judges who are judging um quite prolific judges with their grace really doing them for nothing um so that's um busy collating all that with the committee at the moment and getting sending off the uh the long list to um libraries there's libraries five libraries in ireland who are uh involved in bringing the long list from the long list to a short list and then the short list will be sent to the uh, various judges so mm. Hopefully we'll also get a few bob for aware along the way. 
yeah, many congratulations. That's a great story. I just I might have um uh, missed a bit of it at the start. You cut off on the the, the recording, but um I did get most of it there. Okay. Like it, it it's a it's a great cause and congratulations on publishing your book. Um, that's that's a um great story that you're able to take something really great out of, out of such a bad thing that happens. So that that's brilliant. I'm, I'm delighted for you. Thanks a lot for sharing that with me. With me. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so um. Yeah, maybe if you want to share everything on the show notes for me, or like share your links, and I can put them on the show notes for people to to find your books as well. Thank great. you. I will. Um, yeah, yeah. Put them in the yeah. In messenger. Um, yeah. Well, well, I'll send you my email after the show, and then you can you can you can send all that that way. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And where did the journey start for yourself, Carolyn? Uh, with the writing, have you always been a writer yourself? Absolutely not. Um, I didn't go to third level I didn't go to university till I was 30 and I suppose uh, studying English and drama um, uh, as a bachelor of education I started writing and I really loved it but then I had a young family and didn't do anything with that yeah. I did teach but um, I I wasn't able I wasn't writing and then when I was in my early 40s it was my mother actually who was a she's uh, ran um, a lot of adult education classes in our area so she told me time to stop talking about writing and start writing so very quickly I got straight into it and writing that first book within about a year and as I say um published that in 2013 so I uh also um set up carousel writers which is my um uh, company of teach I, I facilitate um writing creative writing classes workshops in and facilitate other authors doing those workshop workshops as well so that's where the carousel comes in the carousel aware prize is uh, is from that and um so yeah and I teach a lot of adult education in my area and have done a lot of festivals around Ireland with uh, with teaching um creative writing classes the other one, the thing that I, as so I'm, I'm very involved in um, mental health in in Ireland, and uh, as an advocate of mental health, and one of the things I love to do is uh, creative writing for well-being. So courses for people who are undergoing some sort of healing, or if they have chronic illness or they have mental health illness, that they would do um, a creative writing for well-being course, and I really enjoy working working like that. That is amazing, Carol. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, like, like it'd be great to hear more about that. If you want to share the, can can anybody join that themselves? Who for people are listening, or um, is there a website to to join? On, on my own website, if there's oh. any, if there are any courses coming up, it'll be it'll be on that. Um, yeah. there won't be much now for the summer. It'll be in autumn. There will be the creative writing courses and creative writing for wellbeing courses, but that'll all be on the website, so yeah. they can keep an eye on that and um. So. yeah it's it's quite a way from writing the amount of stuff that comes out of it really isn't it yes yeah. it really is and, yeah. and the people you meet and the you know from from writing and facilitating writing other writers um just make the most incredible meetings yeah yeah and connections that you wouldn't i would never have made otherwise writing has been wonderful and i i think the writing community in ireland is very different than anywhere else in the world as well that you know that, that uh, writers are very uh, always there for each other always 
um, pushing each other on. You know, if you have a book launch, it's going to be packed with other writers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, uh, they, they really are quite, quite I've, bunch, made, I've yeah. made a lot of really good writer friends. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, great stuff. And I'm just interested about your book there. Your, your first book, I think you referred to earlier on, the one that, from India. Uh, did you actually have to travel to India? Um, that the first book is set in the Middle East, actually. Oh, the Middle East, sorry. Um, I, yeah. yeah. So the, my my next book that I'm writing at the moment is set between India and okay. Ireland. But the first book was set in the Middle East. I lived in, um, the Emirates and around that area for about four or five years, okay. and uh, earlier. And so that was where and and um, I didn't actually go to Pakistan, but I had a lot of Pakistani friends who helped me to write that part of the. Uh, the book um from the first book so I didn't go there with with the book I'm writing now I went to India in February my husband is half Indian his mom search for the book then so that's how I'm I'm writing that story now Mm. that's that's great that's incredible really like to be able to go out to these countries and your story progresses from that that's it's an amazing experience for you as well (laughs) I'd say it was. I mean, India is fascinating. I absolutely adored my time there. Really, really wonderful. Very difficult to get around um, if you're not fit and healthy because uh, they don't have the facilities for any disability there. Um, anywhere, anywhere I went, there was just a, a case of manage somehow. But, you know, you, you'd have to be yeah. fairly determined um, to, to get around. But it was people, places um were just fascinating we only did a very small part because um, my mother-in-law's from Kolkata so we we went there then to Darjeeling she went to school in Darjeeling with the Loretta nuns up in the hills and then she used to holiday in um the foot of the Himalayas so we went up into the foot of the Himalayas to Gantok in that area so we were just really following in her footsteps so we didn't see the India I suppose that most people go you know the tourist run yeah, it was very yeah. much going to see where she lived where she went to school where that church she got married in the school she went to all those kind of things where she went on holidays and uh getting a, a better feel for for her lifetime her life there well and then you got this this excellent novel from it i hope so <laughs> we'll yeah, see where yeah. it goes <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah, um, writing that now. yeah and have you you've obviously went uh traditional route with the publishing uh did you have any Difficulty no, with I, at the time. I, I didn't go the traditional route. They're all independently sorry. published. Oh, all, I didn't realize. Like, sorry about that. Yeah. No, no yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry I, about that. I thought you said I'm so I'm so sorry about that. No, that's where my my um uh, with, with the cap awards where this uh, interest in, in um, independently published books, you know, that that's okay. what the award is for. Yeah. I originally had sent my book to um lots of traditional publishers, my first book, and Penguin. Uh, decided they would publish my first book okay. and they sat on their desk for a year waiting and they kept saying yes and you know um, in two months we're going to sit with you and we're going to publish this book and they didn't want me sending it out anywhere else and everything and I just waited and waited and after one year I thought this how long do you wait and uh, a friend of mine had just independently published a lot of her books and was doing really really well so I thought you know what I'm going to go that way so yeah. that's what I've done ever since. Great stuff now so I, th- I find it really good because th- I've done my first book 
that's behind me there. <laughs> and um and like I've done the same. Like it was very slow for the first while. But then yeah. as you start going to different libraries and markets and all that kind of stuff, that's how it can kind of build and start start building. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so. it's tough to uh, sell your book independently, but mm. it's um, you know, you get so much more. And I think, you know, I was half thinking of, you know, my fourth book, my next book, would I go back and start looking at the traditional rate again? Mm. And I've had um a few meetings with a number of friends of mine who have been independently published and then gone down the traditional route and their traditionally published books are not doing um, better than their independently published books and their traditional publishers are not giving um, them the the, uh, push that the books need so um, one particular uh, author that I was speaking to she's still selling her um, previous books independently as well as selling her present books traditionally but she's doing so much better with her independently published books than she is with her traditional there you go stick to what i know and stick with this i'm not sure yet but i think so i think i'll stick with the with the indies yeah (laughs) yeah brilliant because that's quite advice for people are listening and watching on youtube as well so thanks a lot for that carol yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's good advice. We'll see. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And um, yeah. can I ask you as well, Carolyn, like, do you have a kind of a, a strategy when you're writing the books? Like, would you write a certain amount of words a day or what way do you do that yourself? Um, The first two books, I was uh, working full time as a teacher and I had young children. So I had to be very disciplined about uh, my writing time was six till half seven in the morning and four till half five in the afternoon. And they, they were the times I would set out. And then on a Saturday morning, maybe from nine till one or seven till one, depending on what time I start. But with my third book, it was very erratic. It, it, you know, my time is, as I say, uh, a lot of it was in hospital. And um, so I, I was having a lot of operations and recovering from operations. So and I would go to Spain to, um, uh, as I say, I have a lot of family living in Spain and and. And that's sort of a second home for me. And I would find that I, if I would sit there and I would write it for a month, um, quite, you know, I'd get a huge amount of a first draft um, written there and then editing back in Ireland. Yeah. Um, as I said, the, the book was set in Spain anyway, so it uh, it was good to be writing that, that um, the, the beginning of it there, the, the first draft part, the easy part, I call it. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> First draft is easy, and after that, it just the editing is. Um, a friend of mine said to me years ago about the editing. She said uh, it's you know really good to keep keep editing. She said, and every time you edit, you get nearer to the story you wanted to tell in the first place. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully, you know, with I and I also have the the one thing about independently published books, and certainly with um sitting with the committee I'm not judging myself but the the committee are creating a long list and you know editing is absolute king you know if if it's not the book is not edited well by a very qualified editor not your mummy or your sister or anybody you know or even you know teacher absolutely you know grammar grammar um queen she knows there's nothing she doesn't know about grammar but she still couldn't edit my book the way it should be it has to be a professional editor and 
my my editor is uh, she has a stick to beat me and I have to just <laughs> toe the line but I would end up um re-editing over and over and over and over again alongside her her um advice and you know so but but it's really sad to see some of the books sometimes that they're brilliant story fabulous concept brilliant ideas and badly edited and uh, lets itself down and then can't go any further but uh, but for those that you you can really tell the ones that have been well edited yeah no that, that's great advice yeah, for anybody that's listening because as a first immortal myself I, I did go through the the indie indie publishing as well and I did yeah. get a copy edited professionally so it does make it a huge difference I agree with you Yes, it's 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 very really important. And uh, like my own editor, her name is Bernadette Kearns. She writes her her company's book nanny, and that's exactly what she does. Is she nannies the book? She, <laughs> yeah. She's Brilliant. more like I think there's a program in called Super Nanny. Is it nine one one or something like that? Yes, that's she's right. More like, she's more like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great stuff. But, yeah, but she but you're happy with how the work she does, so that that's that's she all does important. Work. Yeah. And and you know, if I was traditionally published for the next book, I would still be sending it to uh, Book Nanny first mm. before I would send it out anywhere else because it's quite incredible. Um, I feel over the last few years, the amount of traditionally published books as well as as well as indies, but traditionally published books you don't really expect it from, and there are so many typos in uh, books now and it really turns the reader off um yeah and it's it's you know they just seem to be spending less time editing and trying to get two books out a year and mm. you know it's going to catch up with you eventually you're not going to end up writing your best work so um mm. i won't let it i won't let i think uh, another thing somebody said you know sort of your book has to um what was it your book has to go out fully dressed you know, so uh, you can't go out, um, walk down, send your book out into the world half dressed, and it has to be fully dressed, yeah. and that's editing, the cover, the blurb, all these things are really, really important. Yeah, very well put there. I love that that uh, terminology there. <laughs> really good. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <clears throat> and I suppose this question kind of could relate to all your books, you know, that you've written. Um. You know, for instance, if, you know, when you're writing your first book, I know, um, I'm sorry to hear about what's happened to you over the last couple of years and hopefully you're doing really well now at the moment. Um, I am doing that. Am, yeah, yeah, great stuff. But like, did you ever hear kind of a metaphorical wall, so to speak, when you're writing and, and how did you kind of deal with that aspect of it? You know, if, you know, writer's block or did ever kind of happen? Yeah. Again, when I was writing my first two books, I actually didn't even understand writer's block I didn't understand what people said when they said that they couldn't uh, write um, and certainly over the last years when you know pain stops your writing there's no doubt about it I also used to say to people years ago going through difficulties writing is a great thing to do to get it all out of your system but writing about what's wrong with you is <laughs> really really uh, difficult thing to do um, and I I certainly wasn't able to do that but you know I just hit wall after wall I'd, I'd start the the book and um, couldn't couldn't keep going I actually presumed that I was done with writing I was still facilitating a, a few courses doing mostly online from home whatever I could do 
but uh, I, I found it very, very difficult to sit down and write my own work. And eventually, you know, just, I, I think you get to the stage, I got to the stage where I started to accept where I am. I think for too many years, I was waiting to be better, waiting for the next operation to be the one that um, sorted everything out and uh, got me up having normal life and maybe going back to work and you know but I think accepting a couple of years ago that that wasn't going to happen that this is where I am and this is uh what life is and you know having to um say to sort of say well what do you want to do you know you're not going to teach um primary school anymore so you're going to be an author you're going to be a creative writing facilitator or are you going to be what nothing so I started writing again then and kept it going and eventually the book came but um it took a lot of uh it, it did big huge writing walls yeah. you know what walls that i thought i would never be able to get over but it did you push through them you break them down little bits little tiny bits here and there and eventually um but i didn't know what writing block was before but i certainly do now yeah yeah, you put you pushed through and you you persevered and you got there. That's, yeah. that, that's a great story. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I use with um a lot of my when I'm doing writing for wellbeing courses and mm. is is free writing. So it's it's just you know when when you sit down to write you uh, free up that writing muscle like anybody would do if they were golfing or footballing or you know whatever they would do they would they would um, exercise the muscle first. So free writing is fast raw um, yeah. easy and then exact so it's something that you know if you can do 10 minutes of writing about anything whatever comes into your head just don't let the pencil I use the pencil for that um come off the paper and uh you know handwriting is is better to to do that so if I can do that for 10 minutes um then I've freed up that muscle and I'm ready to getting writing again you know um getting going back to your project then to to do some writing but uh so that's how I cope with writer's block now if I if I hit a, a wall and I can't get in there and, and get something down then I'll stop what I'm doing whatever project it is and sit down and just free write anything wow. that comes into your head about anything anybody um and uh just do that for 10 minutes and go back to to proper writing again yeah that's a that's great advice. I've actually tried that before myself, and it's great. Just you could be writing about anything, and then you can just delete it and just <laughs> write again, write again. It's a it's a great thing. Yeah, great. Yes. That's, that's brilliant. Thanks very much for sharing that. That's brilliant. Not at all. It's uh... uh yeah, no, great stuff. And as well as that, who would you say um what authors inspire you most? Um, like it doesn't have to be an author. I know you probably have a lot of favorites, but um. What would come to mind that's that's probably inspired you the most in your writing? Well, I suppose um, there's local authors and international authors, and they would inspire me in different ways. As I said before, the Irish writers community is absolutely amazing, and yeah. we have writers just very close to us here in Nakhlai and Tala, in um, that that I work with, um, and just have really inspired my writing and helped such as Zoe Miller and Louise Phillips um, and others close by here. And then international writers. Um, I think the, my, one of my favorites, I suppose, is Moshin Hamad, 
He wrote The Reluctant Fundamentalist and Moth Smoke, and his latest was uh, The Last White Man. And um, I, I suppose, the again, the international flavour. My books have an international flavour. I love reading books yeah. set. <laughs> yeah. At least I love reading books set in India and the Far East. And uh, so that, that I would really enjoy a very big influence on my yeah. own writing. Yeah, because they're really, they sound such an education, your books, like now for, for people that have interest in different countries. So that, that's absolutely great. I can't wait to, to pick up one, your, one or two of your books. <laughs> I hope so, you do. Great. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, I think I, I enjoy writing them when they are set mm. in other places. I enjoy writing the Irish aspect of them too. Um, but I, I think also. Mm when you're traveling in your head around the, the world yeah. and um, yeah. going yeah. into Google Maps and mm. doing doing research in different places and different people and customs and, you know, just, uh, it's really, just makes it all more interesting as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the tough thing sometimes is to sort of uh, put down your writing time and your research time because you can be sitting there writing and then go off on a loop researching something and an hour later you haven't written anything because you've been yeah. researching something on yeah. you know finding out did when did this happen or did it happen or what was said or you know so next thing you you haven't got your writing done so it's really a case of making sure you have enough time to write and that research is happening at a different time than your actual writing time and would you like kind of read it use a tape recorder where when you're going to to speak into well, it if you when I was in India, I didn't really have an awful lot of time to write on where I was and who I was meeting, what I was seeing. So I recorded everything onto my phone as um, yeah. each day. And uh, the, the photos I took, I put alongside the recordings. So that's all there now to help me with the, the writing of the book. Right stuff. Oh yeah, sure. The phones are so handy these days, of course. <laughs> very handy, very yeah. rare. I didn't even my you know notebook. I do have. Again, I was just saying that I was renovating this uh, writing room over the last uh, while, but I uh, putting together all my bookshelves then, um, and uh, I got up smart to see how many notebooks from over the years, yeah. and my husband was saying you don't need to keep all of them, and I said, oh yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great stuff, yeah. Yeah. Some some build up, I'd say. <laughs> great, great interview. Thanks a lot for coming on, Carol. I really appreciate it. Not at all. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed chatting with you and uh it's great. Um, I, I watched it. Okay, sorry, can I ask as well? Sorry, just one or two of your favorites as well, if that's okay. I normally ask the guests to come on. Um your your favorite film, would you have a favorite film yourself? Oh gosh, uh, probably loads. <laughs> so many, so many. I have, I suppose, I watched so many different things as well. So I would have favorite uh, romances or favorite thrillers or one. I I never watch horror. I don't like horror and I don't like science fiction. But it's not that I don't like horror. I can't. I can't manage it. Maybe when my younger days I could, but not now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, and and science fiction, I just. I, I never got my head around, but uh, I I watch you know mo most other things. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's really hard to say favorite movie. Yeah. Sorry I think for putting for, the spot for, there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know. Sorry for putting I the really spot there. Think about 
I should I should make one up that it's my favorite, but I um you know nothing that I'd come back to over and over. I suppose the oldies, yeah, I certainly like yeah, watching some uh, black and white movies, but uh, you know mostly I just watch. I like to watch something new. Just flick through to Netflix is great now, isn't it? <laughs> It's just amazing. How did we ever manage without Netflix and Prime yeah, yeah. and Disney Plus and all those? The old days yeah. of Extra Vision are well gone now, aren't they? <laughs> I, I was never really a great TV watcher, I suppose. Um, and certainly once I discovered writing, I never had, I, I just didn't have time when I had young kids and stuff to, to watch anything on TV. But uh, Netflix, certainly over the last few years, um, I've watched a lot of Netflix and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> during COVID as well, during COVID, everybody was watching Netflix. So oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I did. I love to, I love to get in, stuck into a good crime series or, you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. And your favorite music as well, Carolyn. Do you have, what's your favorite music to listen to when you're chilling out? Um, favorite music again, it depends on the mood, really. Um, I have, I'm very lucky to have uh, my my daughters are all singers, so I mean Thank piano you. in the dining room, and they just I love to listen to them singing. Um, but they 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 sing such a, a wide variety. I I I like most types of music. Um, again, there would be things like heavy metal and really you know <laughs> modern modern stuff that. Uh, but, but yeah. luckily my, my kids don't seem to to want to listen to either but uh mm. if it's if it's got a good beat and good lyrics i'm i'm all in I'm, I'm not really being very helpful with favorite movies and favorite oh, it's uh, fine, no it's grand maybe if i'd known the beforehand i would have I know, done that yeah that doesn't have to be a favorite just something that comes to mind that you know <laughs> it's grand. <laughs> no problem and like do you ever listen to music when you're writing do you ever it's just one thing i've asked people lately do, do, does not that when i'm writing no, no no not when i'm writing um i you know really in between i will get alexa to play certain things i'll just ask her i love listening to 80s music and yeah, yeah. um and uh or but I, I won't, I won't, I like it fairly quiet now. Again, with my first two books and the kids were young, I was able to write anywhere with noise and everything. Now I find I'm better off if I'm in a quiet place writing. Yeah. Um, and I don't listen to music when I write. Yeah, because it's just something that I started doing there recently. Yeah, it wouldn't be lyrics, but we just like background music, like classical music, where we're just kind of, I suppose everybody's different, you know, it's just uh, uh, that's something yeah. I've tried recently and seemed to, Work out for me I do. I, I love listening to classical music. Um, yeah. and it would, you know, in between when I'm having my breaks in between, I would put on some music. But yeah. no, once I'm sitting writing, it's you're, you're in the zone. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the zone. I don't like yeah. the radio on or you know anything yeah. like that. Quite and, so, yeah. Uh, mm. And could I just ask as well because it's kind of a motivational podcast as well. It kind of what kind of keeps you motivated in your writing as well. Um, if you could share that was is there anything that kind of keeps you going what keeps me going is when somebody comes back and says how much they enjoyed the book then i am absolutely made up yeah, <laughs> really definitely. you know every, everybody loves a little bit of um mm. you know praise for your book and definitely. just yeah. how, how it made them feel whether you know and 
a lot of people who have read, read my book this summer are reading it on holidays, my latest book, um, because I suppose it's set in this in Spain in the sun and yeah, yeah. Wow. So finding it a great a great holiday read. But uh, they're coming back saying, you know, really, really enjoy. Uh, telling not, you know, they can say I really enjoyed your book and it means very little, but telling me what they enjoyed within it, you know, okay. the characters and the the story setting, um, and you know, and and I also liked people saying, you know, that the research really came out in your book, the research on Franco's time and you know the the impact he had on Spain as a country and still has on Spain now even though he's he's gone many years you know his uh, his legacy unfortunately is still still there within the country but um so yeah i really enjoy getting feedback that that motivates me to to keep going and book but during that time people were continuously saying to me you know keep keep going go back to writing you know we want that third book out so so yeah other people's opinions on your books that's what motivates me right yeah and I, that, that's really really great thanks very much for that yeah brilliant um yeah um do you are you involved in any writers groups yourself have you have you um during COVID I got uh, involved with the um Irish Ink Slingers and I find great working off prompts every Saturday the stuff that comes out was amazing off people yeah. you know it's really good very very good I was very lucky um, maybe 12 or 13 years ago now when I first started writing, I met up with a group of writers through a course that I was doing, not when I was giving it, obviously, at the time. And all these years later, we're still meeting, still writing together and uh, pushing each other's writing on. And um, so, yeah, we're, we still work together a lot. But for other, I'm involved in lots of other writing groups that I would have initiated uh when I was facilitating them as a writing uh, group of writers and then I would um, meet with meet up with you know so anybody who's done any of my writing courses we meet regularly afterwards even if they've stopped doing the courses um, so I would meet up with those writing groups as well but uh, I only have one main writing group that is my own group of uh, writers from way back when <laughs> and we're good, still yeah. Yeah. we just had a, a fabulous weekend in Clare together a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago um just you know and uh as you say lots of writing prompts and mm. amazing the writing that comes from from being somewhere different and somewhere beautiful mm. who are down in scarab it's lovely there so thanks a million uh carolyn for coming on the podcast being absolutely brilliant oh, talking to you. i'm looking forward to sharing your books on the show notes as well and um, it makes sure you send on. You can email me over, and I can put them up. And where else can people buy your books? Are they in libraries and bookshops? And uh, they're in they're in the libraries, and they're in bookshops. Um, if bookshops don't have them, they can order them through um the the wholesalers. So and that just takes a week, I think, for them to come. A lot of bookshops will have them already. But uh, libraries certainly have the books. And again, they can, um, if they don't have them, they can get them in from a, a sister library quite quickly. But uh, my books are for sale on my own website. And also, but I, I sell a lot of my books on an online um, website called buythebook.ie. I don't know if you've heard of um, buythebook.ie. They're a go into various different uh, sections and 
Sorry, Caroline, that was by a book, Dolly, was it? I'm sorry? It was by a book, Dolly, is the name of the website you mentioned there. You're frozen again. Can you hear me? Buy a book, uh, Dolly. Buy the book. Buy the book. Buy the book. Buy the book. Oh, very yes. good. Yeah, that's great. And you, you, sorry, I just lost you there. What was the next thing you said about um, where else you can get your book? Sorry, Black. My my own website and buy the book. Ie. Oh yeah, great yeah. stuff. And it's. On, I, I was saying it? from libraries or from buy the book. Ie. My own website, which. Yeah, my own website is carolinecoplin.ie. Great stuff. Yeah. So, Caroline, thanks a lot again, and I wish you all the success going forward with everything you do with your writing groups and your all your books as well. It's been an absolute pleasure to to speak to you on the podcast. Mark. Thank you. So, a uh, big thank you for all the listeners today on the podcast, Mark's Motivational Podcast, Authors Tuesday, with Caroline Cop Copland. Copland, yeah. Copland. Copland, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so join us again for another episode. Take care of yourselves and slung fall. Good night. Hello everyone, Mark here. Thank you for watching another episode of my Authors Tuesday podcast. I recently published a book of children's stories called The Adventures of Larry Lampost and Friends. The book began life as bedtime stories I wrote for my own children. If you'd like to purchase my book, follow the link in the description box below. By buying my book, you are also supporting my podcast series for authors, which is giving a voice to writers in Ireland and across the world.